0: Welcome to the rvtravel.com podcast. I'm Scott Linden, your host, as we adventure down the road. The curvy back roads and the interstates as well. Looking for fun, looking for adventure, looking for freedom. One way to be free is to know you can fix this stuff or know that you're enjoying the stuff that you fixed earlier. That'll be the primary topic today. Seven upgrades from my good friend Brian at RV with Tito. From the YouTube world. Some great practical advice on spiffing up your rig. No matter what type. Or what you're looking for. We'll also have some hot news. On a way to kind of get in on the action. If you got out of the action with your campground reservations. A recent survey on who's buying RVs and why. Our own survey on something of great interest these days. We'll cover some news of various sorts, including the best mileage for your RVs, some recommendations, and a recall as well. So pay attention to all of those things and your comments on the survey question, which I will jump to in just a moment. The rvtravel.com podcast is brought to you in part by clear2o.com, teardropshop.com, and campgroundviews.com. Please tell them we sent you. All right, so we'll have the answer to this and a whole bunch of your comments on a topic that seems to be bubbling to the top more and more often, even after summer has ended. And that is, how long can you go comfortably without plugins? In this case, electricity, that's our, our tra- <laughs> that's a hard one. That's the rvtravel.com survey we're looking at this time. I'll have the answers and, like I said, some of the suggestions and comments that you all made coming up later in the podcast, so stand by for that. We are reveling in a, well, serendipity, I guess is a good way to put it. Uh, we try to get to a certain RV park on the beach. On the oregon coast around wedding anniversary time every year like everybody else though they didn't have room for us for but a couple nights but they knew it was the anniversary and when something opened up they called and gave us two more thank you sea perch and everybody else who does the right thing their long-term customers maybe you've been the beneficiary of something like that you know i love to think that uh, karma does have a role in our life and there's one example have you had one of those yourself share it with me on the rvtravel.com podcasts page yeah just go to rvtravel.com at the top in the blue bar it says uh says podcast just click there at You know, somewhere on the page, there's a place to send me a note. I'd love to hear from you. In news that you might be able to use if you live in Michigan or you're traveling to Michigan, you're trying to make a reservation in one of the state parks, and of course, not having as much luck as you used to have. Well, they have finally figured out that they can help you If your site or your park is full, you can ask them to notify you by email if a site becomes available for the dates you specified. Yeah, woohoo! Why didn't I think it? Well, Anyway, at least in Michigan, they're thinking about you and uh, that's a good thing. Find out more by just going to the Michigan State Park website and go on the reservations page. A recent survey in the RV Industry Association world tells us who the new RV buyers are. Well, most likely they're a married, Caucasian, millennial. And they must have a lot more disposable income than we did when we were that age because they're spending over $82,000 on their rigs. The rest of us are pinching pennies to get up to the $75,000 Average price for the whole population. Where are they going? You probably seen them there. Damn it. <laughs> 19% of them are mainly visiting state parks, 16% visiting RV resorts, 15% national parks, and 16% are visiting private campgrounds. So they're all out there in record numbers, and uh and they're beating you to the sights quite often, but uh hey. What can I say? Welcome to the fraternity everybody else, the new RV buyers and campers. Glad to have you with us. This part of the rvtravel.com podcast is brought to you by Clear 2O Marine and RV inline water filters. I want to stress the importance of straining out the big stuff before it gets to your traditional water filter. Uh, of course, Clear 2O makes both, and their Dirt Guard is the first line of defense. That'll extend the life of your inline water filter. And of course, we hope you're using the Clear 2O inline water filter. Those are those bright green ones. Dirt Guard takes out all the sediment. You know the stuff that you see when you, um, you know, you first open the tap at your campsite. That all strained out by Dirt Guard. It's cleanable and reusable free shipping in the lower 48 on any purchase of a hundred bucks or more check out all the five-star reviews it's all at clear2o.com that's clear number two letter o.com well if you've ever tried to fix anything or upgrade your own rig You've probably been on YouTube and you've most likely ended up at one of the better sources for me, at least RV with Tito on YouTube and also RVWithTito.com. Brian Purcell joins me. Brian, welcome home. Hey,
1: thanks a lot. Thanks you, for having me on.
0: Yeah, it's my pleasure. And it's fun to finally talk with, uh, I got to tell you, one of my heroes on YouTube in the RV world.
1: So. Uh, oh.
0: <laughs> keep keep up the good work and and i'm thanking you for everybody else who has learned something uh, maybe they've simply learned to stay away from power tools uh, that's my problem but, <laughs> but uh, you've done a grand service for so many of us um we'll talk about that in a moment but you've been on the road a little bit tell me about your travels these days
1: oh we have so you know a lot of folks uh, when they watch the videos and and you know kind of connect with us online they think that we're full-time RVers and. Uh, uh, the truth is that you know we have a lot of friends that are full timers, and we kind of hang out in that full timer community. But we are, I guess, these days you could say we're more a half time. We've been uh, on the road part of the year, and uh, and then we have a sticks and bricks home base uh, still up here in the Pacific Northwest in Washington, and yeah. You know, so so we actually have been on the road for most of this year, probably you know. Six, six and a half months so far this year. And uh, we just recently returned home to Washington. And (laughs) it's time to get to work. (laughs) Yeah,
0: you know, it's my, you know, the other half of my life is in the bird hunting world. And I make a TV show there. And everybody thinks all I do is walk around and go hunting. Uh, (laughs) But there's a lot that happens behind the camera, if you will. uh, And and you're a part of that as well. And, uh, you know, but you do get out way more than most people. What's been one of your recent highlights on all those travels?
1: Well, this year we've actually done quite a bit, probably more so than we have in the past. Uh, there's just so much beauty to see out in the Southwest. This kind of where we mostly hang out. And, you know, in uh, southeastern utah Uh, there's just so many things to see we we love to hike and and explore uh with some actually uh, one of the i I would say one of the biggest highlights is actually doing a lot of those things and seeing these beautiful places with with friends that we've uh, met on the road but yeah we've you know been all over moab and uh you know, some Canyon lands and, and recently in Idaho and, and, and around Colorado, but the higher elevations. Uh, So it's just been, it's hard to really pinpoint, you know, one or two things because you uh, you start to see so many things and it's, it's hard not to start to get desensitized to it because when you're on the road and traveling and moving and, and seeing all these cool sites, you know, they, you, you start to get used to it. <laughs> and, and, you know, one cool thing is is almost as cool as the last. And, um, but yeah, there's beautiful scenery all over the Southwest and, you know, recently in Colorado up in the mountains at high elevation, it's just, it's just really beautiful to get out in it. And it, uh, it just kind of awakes your soul a little bit and it's, it's, it's kind of hard to top
0: it is and and it is like the cliche of uh identifying your favorite child you know there there are just too many to to numerate if you will well that's good and i'm glad you're having a good time have you done you know everybody looks to moab and then they look to the national parks in the in the general neighborhood have you gone beyond those to um some of the state parks in that area
1: uh every once in a while we'll drop into a state park what we normally uh what we normally do is is boondock almost 100 percent of the time when we're on the road. So you know, while we've been to Zion and you know a lot of the major attractions uh, several years ago, uh, most of the time now we're we're out in more remote areas that uh, that we can kind of you know jump to different spots and and sightsee from there. But uh, I can't think of. Uh, Anything right now, but most of the time we're when we're in one spot, especially if we're with some friends. You know, everybody's kind of on their, you know, online trying to pick pick you know places to go see and explore in that area. Sometimes it's just hanging out in the local little town, and uh, other times it's you know going to see some cool attractions that are kind of off the beaten path. Most of the time,
0: um, you know, it's funny how, how what you just mentioned is is really right in my wheelhouse as well. I don't mind just sitting. Uh, uh, at a table outside a coffee shop and watching the world go by in a place like Panguitch, Utah, for example. (laughs) Right. Um, you know, you, you mentioned boondocking and that's, uh, to a degree, that's fundamentally what you guys love to do and, and talk about a lot on your YouTube channel and your, your website, uh, one video in particular just stood out for me, and that is the idea that there are things we can all do. And we're in, we're in this mode right now, so I guess I'm being a selfish host again, and I apologize. <laughs> but um, making your 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 RV better, safer, more efficient, whatever you want to call it. You mentioned seven different upgrades that we might take a look at that you think are probably worth um, worth doing. You want to just start on the top of the list, and we'll go from there?
1: top of the list so yeah over the years there's just been a lot of different uh modifications we've done and i i thought i'd put all that together into <clears throat> excuse me into a uh, one video so people can kind of get a, a flavor for what's possible in their rv i think the uh i think the way i did that was kind of counting backwards to back to number seven or one i can't remember <laughs> but uh but i think the first one was uh had to do with the uh, sewer hose i believe and that's just one of those things that you know you struggle with when you get an rv you gotta dump your tanks and all that and you got this awkward sewer hose and 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 it it's just hard to contain and i know for us we have a, a a larger class c motorhome, and and we don't have a lot of storage so you know i like to have a place for everything and that was just kind of thrown in in this compartment and i never really uh, liked where that was, and I wanted to come up with a better solution. And I I thought of uh, hiding it somewhere. You know, a lot of folks they may get that uh, tube or something that you can mount to your RV, and I didn't really want my sewer hose visible. So <laughs> <laughs> so I thought of mounting something underneath the RV, and you know, with uh, so I found these uh, vinyl fence posts at uh, you know the local store, and and realized that, hey, I could fit all the stuff I needed to into one one or two of these things and I could actually mount those underneath the RV. And then it occurred to me, hey, what if I was right next to the sewer compartment? I could poke a hole in there and then uh, from that sewer bay where the tanks are, I could just slide the hose right in there. And, uh, and that worked out really, really well. And it's something that I did years and years ago uh, and it's still it's still really cool when, you know, when I can just kind of tuck it away and it, and it just disappears. And I think I call that the disappearing sewer hose um, mod. And it's it's still one of my favorites.
0: You know, that could be somebody's worst nightmare though, if the sewer hose disappears at the wrong time in the wrong place. But, right. but I love the idea. I'm mm-hmm. I'm working on a magazine article right now on uh, place for everything and everything in its place. And it sounds like that's, that's the epitome of it right there Mm mm-hmm well
1: the other oh go ahead after you yeah so the other uh uh, upgrades that we've done actually a lot of them are recent uh within the last few years and it really has a lot to do with how we've changed our mode of rving uh because we we started we've been rving for i don't know over going on 15 years now and uh, we started when our kids were younger and doing the, the typical, you know, family vacation thing. It became our way to travel and, and vacation with the kids. And we've, you know, been all over the West, and, you know, they've seen a lot of cool things. And so we have several years uh, using the RV in that way with the kids. And then as they got older, their friends would join us. And so we would just have this RV full of people. But as uh, as we got older and the kids moved on, you know, we wanted to still keep the same RV, but then make some major modifications that were, that that really suited our lifestyle and how we wanted to use the RV, just as a couple, just as two people. So the one of those uh, big ones that we did recently, which I think a lot of people glom onto this one when they see it, is is to uh, is to just kind of rip out a lot of the a lot of the, the guts of the main living space in the RV and then start making some modifications. It's it's really easy to look at something and say this is the way it needs to be. But uh, once you can actually take out like the little jackknife sofa and take out um, the dinette and, you know, and those things, and then you, then you see this blank canvas and you start to think, okay, what if I could redo this, what would I do? And, and one of those things was to actually set it up more like a living room. And, you know, you typically may have a couple of chairs or a comf- comfortable couch or something. And then across from you, you have your entertainment, you have your TV. And, and since we had limited space, we, we needed a place to eat, say if we needed a table. My wife and I like to kind of sit at a little bar and look out the window. And we also needed a, a place to put shoes. So something that I had been working on for a long time was to actually design some piece of furniture that took all of those three things into account and uh, instead of sitting in a dinette and looking up into the corner at, at a TV it was really uncomfortable to sit and watch TV so I wanted to move that whole thing down new piece of furniture has a table in it it has a shoe rack on the side and it has a I guess what people call a televator. so the TV lives inside the cabinet and then you press a button and it goes wing, you know, it comes up and <laughs> and it's uh, super cool and then and then when you're not using it, it disappears and then you can use that whole countertop you, you know, or eating or you know working or whatever.
0: It, this is Inspector Gadget on steroids. Uh, I mean <laughs> you have built a piece of furniture that solves about eight different problems. I love it. It's kind of a Swiss Army knife to the approach. <laughs> is I mean in general would you describe the first part of that project, gutting the interior, mo- moving the sofa out, etc.? Would that be something that most of us could do?
1: Well, I, I think it's something a lot of us could do. Uh, it really depends on where you're at with your RV. I mean, a lot of folks that have newer RVs, mm-hmm. they're probably going to be less likely to do that sort of modification to that extent because you know they maybe they're not going to keep it they want to sell it and and they're gonna they're uh, going to they don't want to change things too much but so much uh, these days a lot of folks are, are buying older motorhomes or trailers and they're fixing them up and they you know they're they're living full-time perhaps and they're trying to convert it to a space that actually feels more like home instead of a weekend uh, camper So, so for those folks that are willing to make those significant changes and, and can see that potential in a rig that they buy, you know, that's probably used and, uh, you know, then they're probably looking forward, you know, and, and being able to see what would it look like if I were to change this and change that and, uh, removing like the couch, I mean, and, and those other things, I mean, it took up so much space. And once we got those things out and eventually put the, uh, tv thing in there part of that goal was to minute was to minimize the the footprint mm-hmm. in there that yeah. it took up so now with everything collapsed there's so much more space in there but uh but yeah there's a um, my my wife was was certainly on the fence you know when i we talked about this and we we had talked about you know if we could change stuff what would we do and and that tv and the bar thing was definitely on that list but uh, but to actually pull the trigger and, and say, okay, I'm, I'm about ready to rip stuff up. And, uh, you know, she was a little hesitant at first, but once she uh, gave me the green light, you know, it, it was off and running. And then once, actually, once, once everything was out, and we just had even the carpet that was in there, we ripped that out. And once all that was out and we just kind of saw subfloor and, and walls, she actually got excited uh, because she kind of see, okay, you know, you know, here's some real potential here for what we could do. And, and it really gave you a sense of how much space you really have because those, you know, RV manufacturers, they try to, you know, make a whole bunch of sleeping areas for a whole bunch of people in there and they have, you know, different pieces of furniture and all that stuff to make it livable. But for us, we didn't need all of those things.
0: Yeah, you're, you're creating basically an empty nest, which uh, I find fascinating <laughs> for a bunch of reasons. Uh, we got to make room for two dogs. Uh, but other than that, right. we're in the same boat. You're listening to the RVTravel.com podcast. I'm Scott Linden, the host. That's Brian Purcell of RV with Tito, and that's on YouTube and on the worldwide Worst Web. Um, all right, let's just get it off my chest. Who's Tito.
1: <laughs> yeah, so that's probably one of the number one questions I get, uh, and the, the answer is Tito's not a person, and it's not me. However, a lot of people call me Tito. Uh, they think that I'm Tito. Even family members actually say, hey, Tito, it's become kind of a nickname now, but uh, Tito is actually uh, more like a little mascot. So he, when I when we first uh, started RVing, we, we, we thought we had this little like bobblehead kind of guy that we put on our dashboard and it was this is a long time ago it was about the same time as that Travelocity gnome was out on 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 tv and you know we said oh we we need our own kind of thing and we could put them in different places that we traveled and take pictures and stuff like that so it's this little kind of dancing hawaiian guy that we keep in the rv and and when i initially created a a blog you know back in 2007 2008 you know that's uh, the name that i came up with for this like it's not you know it didn't want to necessarily put our name out there so it wasn't rv with brian or whatever it's just they it said how about rv with tito and then that's how it's been ever since you know that then youtube came along and other things and so it's it's rv with tito and it's uh you know it's it's that's something i can really change at this point because everybody recognizes it it's easy
0: yeah i love it and it, it's kind of fun and and that's the whole point of rv travel for most people is we want to enjoy ourselves so so there you go and you've always got a companion who's not going to gripe about making a wrong turn
1: <laughs> yeah but, but i hear tito people will reach out and go like hey tito i'm like yeah how's it going you know, yeah so, sure i, I know who they're talking about
0: i understand <laughs> you know i tell yeah i tell people they can call me anything except late for happy hour
1: a lot of people, uh, so one guy a while back, uh, you know, started calling me Brito. Ah! <laughs> so, so that's the name I like liked. It's, it's, it's Brito. So it's like...
0: <laughs> okay, well, I think I'll stick with Brian for a while, but we'll see. Okay, we're two two down and five to go on your seven upgrades. Let's get one more in before the break. So what's next on your list?
1: Oh, let's see. so let's... Uh... So with the, with that interior I'll just kind of breeze through the, the part of that interior remodel we replaced the flooring, we took all that out and replaced it with uh, solid hard flooring, just vinyl plank and that's been great throughout. but uh, the next one is probably a real usability thing once you start using your RV and I know for us, um, you know our RV is older and uh, and we found that hey, it would be nice to have an outlet you know for power here and over there and and now everything is usb uh so you have all these devices now that you want to plug in so uh one of those mods is actually just to to add uh receptacles everywhere like next to the bed and you know next to the the you know where you sit and watch tv or you know where you're up in the in the cab area driving and, you know, just being able to plug stuff in uh, wherever without having those like cigarette lighter kind of things everywhere that you have the USB plugs in there. Uh, We wanted real USB uh, connections everywhere. So that's really been uh, a very uh, useful thing to, to add as, as well as, you know, moving, adding some, you know, like 120 volt, you know, household, uh, outlets in places that you wish you had them because sometimes those manufacturers they put them where they're convenient for them but not necessarily for you and you got cords all over the place so you know adding a few of those in different places so you know and those so that's a that's a real useful uh modification uh that we did and uh yeah, the other one, another one was, uh, you know, we talked about in that main area watching TV. We took out the dinette and actually replaced them with with comfortable, you know, motorized uh, recliners, you know, for him and her. <laughs> and that's our primary seating, and they're super comfortable. And uh, so that's really been a game changer as well. Like that goes hand in hand with that TV cabinet thing.
0: I, I'm afraid that if I had a motorized recliner, I'd never get out of the RV.
1: <laughs> it's really comfortable, and it's uh. And the funny thing is that when we first got them, we set them up in the house, and then we, you know, used them for a while, but until we're ready to put them in the RV, and then we, when that time came, we didn't want to take them out of the living room. <laughs> <laughs> like oh bummer
0: (laughs) okay whoever whoever built those for you probably needs to get an endorsement that that's brian purcell of rv with tito i'm scott linden you're listening to the rvtravel.com podcast brian will be back with a few more of those kind of upgrade improvements slash turning a an overflowing nest into an emptier nest coming up in just a moment but first let me talk to you a little bit about some of the folks who make this all possible starting with rvtravel.com/ slash who makes what. Yeah, my partners at rvtravel.com have finally compiled the ultimate list of all the manufacturers and all of their brand names in the RV world. It's digital, so it's current up to date, unlike some things. And you can get it for free. Just go to rvtravel.com/slash who makes what. And if you were listening last week, you know even the guys in the service department at dealers are consulting that thing to find out who who made that rig so they can call them to get that part, et cetera, et cetera. So if you're looking for help in that world, go to rvtravel.com forward slash who. Makes what it's free, it's digital. Go download it. And speaking of digital, teardropshop.com is where you want to go if you own any of those cute little trailers, whether it's the little guy, the tab, the RPOD, or your own homemade version. Sign up for the newsletter at teardropshop.com and you'll get a discount code for 10% off any order anytime. And if you're active duty or retired military, get another discount as well teardropshop.com has everything from sewer and water hookup stuff to parts solar power camping gear accessories tents and shelters awnings and what they call visors if you want to trick out your little teardrop go to teardropshop.com and figure out exactly how many things you want to put into your shopping cart and then take your discount thank you for your kind attention. And now from RV with Tito, Brian Purcell joins us again. Brian, welcome back. Hey, thank you. Um, why did you decide that RVing was such a great idea?
1: Well, that's an interesting question because uh, it was never something I thought was on my you know, my to-do list of things that I really wanted to do. It was more uh, my wife's uh, dream. You know, her her family, you know, traveled a lot, and, and, and they actually were into RVing. Um, and she actually had, like, the Barbie RV, and we still have it. <laughs> <laughs> Are you doing any improvements there? <laughs> no, no. That would be funny, though, but... <laughs> But yeah, so she, she's always, you know, liked the idea of, of having an RV and traveling around my, I was, uh, I originally grew up in Hawaii and I, I really wanted to to live on a sailboat when I was younger. And that was something I always thought that I would do. In fact, when we would travel, you know, I would, I hated driving, you know, I'm like, we would drive long distances, but I I hated it. And, you know, I'd rather just get on a plane and fly and go somewhere warm and sit on a beach. But, um, the funny thing was, is that you know we started we started uh, spending some time with some friends that had a travel trailer, and we you know our kids were same age, and we would go camping with them and actually stay with them, and and that's when we really started to to see that you know this was really fun, and it was a great way to to spend time together and hang out, and and at that point we started. Uh, considering that that's something that we would do and, but we needed our own space. You know, we couldn't stay with other people. Yeah. So um, we've always liked the idea of a, of a motor home instead of a, a towable. So, you know, we, that's what we we're looking for. And we, you know, we spent a year or so looking for the right rig for us. And, uh, and once we, we found what we ultimately got uh, back in the day and, you know, we started traveling that way. I, I found that my, you know, I really love the, the journey, the, the traveling part and, uh, you know, the staying, you know, put in, in the parks and stuff was was kind of secondary. I really love the, you know, the driving experience more because having everything right there in, in, you know, close to you when you're driving and, you know, you got your family back in the back and, you know, you can, you know get fed while you're on the road and <laughs> and and everybody's happy it's such a cool experience and you know so so now we really love the motorhome thing and uh and and really it's it's about that traveling experience on the road versus you know that that staying put camping experience which kind of led us to 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 lean towards the motorhome side as opposed to the towable but um it's kind of like having a fort, you know, when you're a little kid, you know, you, you get this thing and, and you say, wow, that'd be really cool to have a, a little house in a tree. And then you realize It'd be really cool if you had like power up here or maybe a, you know, somewhere to go to the bathroom you know, or something like that. <laughs> so owning an RV is kind of like that for me. You know, I, I like to tinker and look around and figure out how I can improve it and add those comfort, uh, those, you know, comforts that you have at home and, and, and always improving things, it, it's its really kind of a satisfying thing.
0: Well, some of us are, are made for power tools. Others are music majors. And it shouldn't <laughs> be anywhere near an outlet, let alone changing one. But uh, I'm fascinated that you made the call to go um, – I'll call it, uh, uh, yeah, like you said, um, uh, motor coach versus a pull behind. Mm -hmm. And, and now I understand why. And I'm, I'm a little bit the same in that I love, I love the journey as much as the destination. Um, and it, it, i think it there we are there are two separate personality types in our world and and we're just in that side of it and it seems to work pretty well for each of us yeah i think so might be the next book for me uh talking (laughs) right now but that's another story so um we're talking about I, i won't call them essential upgrades but i'll call them upgrades that will make your life easier no matter what you're pulling driving or uh anything else what's another one on your list brian
1: well, this is probably one of the, I left this one kind of towards the end because it's probably one of the biggest and it's more than one upgrade. It's uh you know, it's a series of things that had to happen for us to be able to, to be a little bit more free and, and spontaneous when we RV. And that's basically, you know, what all the things that we had to do to take our RV off grid and to be able to kind of be totally self-sufficient while on the road. And that's uh you know, being able to generate your own your own power, you know, solar is a big part of that. You could also use a generator, but we, you know, it's, it's kind of an evolution over many years to, to get to this point. But, you know, we started boondocking and, and dry camping more, and that's pretty much what we exclusively do now because we're totally set up for it. But, uh, you know, gradually adding more batteries to our to our system and you know i've moved my battery bank several times to different parts around the rv because it's limited space and i have to create space but gradually figuring out what you know what your needs are how you want to live in your rv and it's it's certainly not camping you know but you get to a point where it's like wow this is it feels like you're plugged into you know to shore power you know all those comforts that you're used to having in your rv but you're you're not you're out in the boonies somewhere and you know you're totally comfortable so all of those things uh solar upgrades you know to be able to you know generate your own electricity and uh and and you know power everything that you need and so that's all of those upgrades you know now now it's lithium you know we upgraded our batteries to lithium batteries now and and that's been a big big upgrade and you know game changer as well but uh over time we we got there and and you know, when at some point, you know, boondocking and dry camping was kind of uncomfortable and awkward, but, you know, the more you do it and the more you figure out what it, what it is you need, you constantly make changes, you know, eventually you get there and you're like, wow, this is, this is really nice. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> I'm glad we kind of went through that process. But those were big upgrades that, that really had a big payoff for us.
0: You know, it's interesting because, of course, our survey question this week is about all of that sort of thing, fear of disconnecting, I'll call it, especially electricity, and fear of running out of electricity for whatever reason, and you've just addressed it in one way. I I went the simple route for, for a guy who is not mechanically inclined and I just bought a good generator and we're, we're fine with that. I understand the limitations of that. Of course, there are limitations to solar as well, but what do you tell somebody about this idea? I've, I've done this with, with my spouse who uh, is a little bit less inclined to go adventuring as far as I do. You know, if it doesn't work, we just hook her up and we go home. But how did you get over that besides adding more batteries? How, how did you work through that whole idea?
1: Well, you know, you mean telling somebody who's just starting out? Yeah. In terms of what what, what would do they you, do?
0: Yeah. What would you advise somebody who's kind of on the fence about the whole idea of going off grid?
1: Well, the first thing I would advise them to do is just to go, you know, forget the solar, all that stuff. If you're, if your trailer or. RV comes with a generator or if you have one, just go try it for a few days and and see if you see if you like it. Because it's it's more than just power. I mean, actually, you know, for us and for most folks, you know, they think, Oh, I need solar and I need all these things to be able to to be comfortable out in the wild. But the bottom line is that you need water. Yeah. You know, that's that's your biggest limiting factor. <laughs> you know you know, once we have the power, whether it's a generator, you can always put gas in it and solar is going to, you know, be a renewable energy thing. Um, You'll figure out how to live within those means, but eventually you're going to run out of water. (laughs) And, and those are sacrifices that people don't realize, you know, that they may have to make in how to be comfortable out there. Uh, But I would I would encourage people before you invest a lot of money is to actually use your RV for a while, just go out camping, you know, unplug for a couple of days, see what that feels like. You may not like it. <laughs>
0: <You know? laughs> yeah. And there are a lot who don't, but, but, but from a practical standpoint, you know, with the way campground crowding is, um, it becomes more and more of a, at least a, an alternative to consider once in a while. And you probably have a couple more upgrades that would help us do that. Let's go, let's keep going down the list.
1: Well, the, uh, yeah, so all the solar stuff, I mean, I think we're got a lot of them taken care of. Uh, There's, I guess on the solar side, it's not necessarily an upgrade, but it's uh, something kind of going back to your previous question about getting started. If somebody wants to, to do some dry camping or stay out of campgrounds and it's nice to have that option. You know, people want to add solar, but before, uh, before actually investing in some sort of permanent modification to your RV, I recommend folks get like a portable solar panel that they could carry around and, you know, be able to recharge your batteries. So that's something that you can do without making any major modifications and you can build your own. Uh, I recommend people try to do that too if they want to do a DIY thing because it it's really the same concept of, you know, adding solar at a larger scale. It's just smaller and mm-hmm. it, it's a good, it's a good kickstart into trying to figure out how everything works. So, you know, that's even, you know, with a lot of solar we have, we still carry a portable, you know, solar, just in case we want to put it out, you know, further and point it at the sun. But uh, that's a good uh, thing to do. And until you figure out how you want to camp. But uh, I guess the, one of the big the, the upgrade that I kind of saved for for last uh, and I did this intentionally because it's 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 not one of those fancy things that you can see uh, and and you get a lot of immediate uh, you know visual uh, feedback from it's you know like solar it's cool and you got you know remodeling inter- interior it's all cool looking and you can kind of see but it has to do with the safety and and the uh, and drivability of your of RV. Uh when we first got the R V and you know we're driving it around, you're like, wow, this is kinda horrible. You know, especially <laughs>
0: <laughs> You know, I could see you just you know, from behind the wheel turning and looking at the passenger and saying that. That's that's almost a movie.
1: Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, we got you know when we first picked up this, and it's a ours is a larger class C. It's a 32 foot, and it's big, you know, really big, kind of pushing the limits of class C size. But you know, we immediately hit the road. We were excited. We wanted to drive around, and we went down the south, and and uh, you drove a lot of these places. And you know, we hit windy conditions, or you hit the highway, and semis passing you, and all this stuff, or you know, uneven roads, and. And you know it, it was difficult. I mean, it's it you know you have a hard time holding a lane sometimes when you got wind blowing at you or sideways, and the big old truck goes by, and and then you know you're having to do this dance to keep it in your lane. And um, so you know the bottom line is is that those some of those uh, rigs maybe it's improved now. You know they just don't have the suspension. Uh, enhancement in place to be able to make it a more safer comfortable ride for the driver and so i decided to kind of take on these diy projects to uh to improve that and the first thing i I did was to to upgrade my um my anti-sway bars in the rv and so i replaced i found a diy uh option and i purchased the, the the parts and and yeah it was it was knuckle buster and it's difficult but and i made videos about all this stuff and i replaced the front anti-sway bar and i replaced the the rear anti-sway bar and it, and it really started to firm up the uh, the chassis on the motorhome and then the last thing that i did was to to upgrade uh, my shocks to you know heavy duty uh, bilstein shocks and all of those three combined really Uh, transform that whole uh, experience of driving the RV and it feels really solid and, and uh, safer now. And it's been that way ever since. So that's not something you definitely see, but uh, you know, having that feeling of like driving an SUV, (laughs) you know, versus driving Mm -hmm. this thing that you you think you have, have difficult handling is, is, is significant. And and you just feel a lot safer. And actually one of the, one of the side effects of that is that, you know, we, the RV would move a lot with a bunch of people in it. Um, and, you know, he'd be in the back and the kids would be in the front and playing around. And we we're like, hey, calm down up there. We're bouncing around back here. Wow. There. But uh, but with all the suspension upgrades, it really firmed it up and it hardly moved uh, as much, you know, when, you know, after those. So we don't need to stabilize it or anything like that. But that's been a, an upgrade that I certainly recommend people get uh, for definitely for Class C, some class A's uh, if they feel that that whole driving experience is just you know is just not fun and now it's a lot more relaxing. I can drive with one hand and and when it's windy I have to look at the trees because it's like oh, it feels kind of off, but I'm not sure it's like oh look at that trees are bending over.
0: Yeah, you know it's funny. I have to remind my wife every once in a while that, that uh, driving with any RV is highly stressful. It is, and, yeah, you don't realize it. You, you realize it when you're done for the day, and and you can finally breathe again. Right. And, and, and I know for a fact from my own experience with Class Bs that those anti-sway bars, are they're just golden. Yeah. It's, uh, and sometimes and, they're priced that way, too. <laughs> um, well, that one is is quite, quite welcome and i hadn't thought about the structural integrity of your suspension system as a way to you know make it more fun and relaxing but that that's probably um as good a place as any to cut off the list but i can't turn you loose without asking you (laughs) one final question brian purcell of rv with tito if you're on the road what's in your toolkit that we might not have thought of
1: oh boy um Let's see. I carry a lot of tools. Yeah, and me too. <laughs> so uh, one of the things that uh, that I and I think I recently did a video about this is is I carry a, a heat gun mm. uh, because uh, you know I have the standard tool set you know with uh, sockets and and all that other stuff, but. Uh, I try to look around and figure out what are the spare parts I need? You know what are the things that, uh, especially while boondocking, you you want to be able to be to to be able to repair and replace those things that uh, that may fail on you. And um, you know, so I have all of those essential things. But I found recently that I always um, because I do a lot of electrical work and and then other things, uh, I found a lot of value in having uh, a heat gun <laughs> uh, to be able to. You know, uh, one of the big things is I can. It, it's it's easy to use a heat gun to to remove like a turnabon tape and mm-hmm. remove things from the roof. You can remove decals. You can do heat shrink. Uh, you can do a lot of uh, different things, um, and also a, a glue gun. You know, I, I like having hot glue. Oh. You know, to, to do uh, things, and and that may be just me because I'm always working on some sort of project or repairing things um, on the fly and. You know, something. There's always. It's kind of like owning a boat. You know, I kind got that part mm-hmm. of it. You know, from mm-hmm. you know is that you're you're want to be as prepared as possible for anything that can come up. Oh, I also have a twelve a twenty two thousand pound bottle jack in the back yeah. of the car, <laughs> yeah. um, yep. which is not something I had in the past, but it's something I carry now in case I need to. Jack up the car. I can replace my own tires and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, or
1: the, the RV actually. Yeah. We
0: we. How many of us show of hands, everybody? How many of us have learned that the hard way? Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's that's worth mentioning as well. Now I'm just curious because I'm because I'm again I'm just a music major. Glue gun versus Elmer's glue all or Gorilla glue or all of that. Why do you like the hot glue?
1: Uh, it's good for temporary fixes on things. I can you know. I don't know just it, it's it's quick to be able to repair things I I have a lot of things that use glue gun and uh and I don't know sometimes it's just uh, it's just a nice to have I can fix shoes with it <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, I'm trying to figure out how I can use it on my hunting dog, but, but he might object. (laughs) Oh my, uh, Brian Purcell, RV with Tito. You folks, if you haven't watched any of his videos, just go, go to YouTube and, and type in RV with Tito, you'll find it. And then his great website as well of the same name. Um, lots of useful information here. It's always fun to learn and you're a great teacher. So thank you so much. Appreciate your taking time to be with us on the rvtravel.com podcast.
1: Oh, absolutely. Glad to be here.
0: And the rest of you, we've got a lot more to talk about. we got a recall. In fact, a few thousand of you. We've got um, a report on some of the best fuel mileage RVs on the market these days. And then your comments and the results of our survey on how long you can go without plugging in apropos of our discussion with brian first off let me remind you that we are brought to you in part by campgroundviews.com yeah this is your chance to virtually drive through campgrounds all over the country the original and only tool that allows you to physically see and tour thousands of campgrounds and RV parks across the U S they're working on a more formal version of that video in a large number of them. But right now there's 3000 first person videos and 24,000 photographs. You can drive through, you can click on the site, find out if it's available on the dates you want. If it is, book it right there on the spot campgroundviews.com. Learn more about them right there and try it out. By the way, they'll give you a free one-week trial. It's all at campgroundviews.com. All right. Hey, everybody. Listen up. If you own any of the Spartan RVs, From 2018 to 2022, the K1, the K2, the K3, and the K4 chassis. Hate to break it to you, but you could be driving down the road and your whole instrument cluster may just go blank. All right, so you won't know how fast you're going, but worse than that, all those idiot lights and everything else will be gone as well. This recall affects over 2,700 of you, so check in with your dealer or check in with Spartan on that. Yeah, save yourself, well, the risk of a crash, and save the rest of us the risk of cleaning up after that crash. Be safe out there, everybody. You ever wondered who's got the best fuel mileage in the RV world? Well, camperreport.com just finished a survey, and here are their results. In the motorhome world, at between 7.5 and 12.9 miles per gallon, it's the Thor Palazzo. They're claiming about an average of 10 miles per gallon. Roadtrex RS Adventurous is one of the best in that world. An average of 20 miles per gallon, up to 24 miles per gallon in that world. And then in the Sprinter chassis world, the Tiburon will do the same. About 20 miles per gallon, up to 29 on the highway. Wow. Ooh, yeah, and these days... Couldn't we all use a little bit of help in that world? Speaking of help, and apropos of our discussion with Brian at RV with Tito, our survey this week is about how many days you can comfortably go without plugging into electricity. Here are the results. No more than one day, that's about 17% of you. Two days, 12% of you. A few days, but less than a week, 33%. Now there, we're building up the confidence level that comes from experimentation. More than a week, less than a month, 17% of you are confident there. And then 20% of you say, we can go indefinitely. I don't know if you're using a generator, you're using solar, or if you've got a nuclear reactor somewhere in the back of your motorhome. It doesn't matter. Good on you, and everybody else, consider experimenting a little more, like Brian said. I found this really funny to listen to. Larry L. commented at the site on using a Blue Boy in three seven-gallon water containers dry-camped for six weeks near Quartzite. And then Dave J. said, with the amount of solar on our roof, and given the temperatures in Arizona, we can go just fine unless i want to run the popcorn popper dave just let me know when you're going to do that never mind i'll probably be able to smell it (laughs) okay so listen um that's going to do it for us here at the rvtravel.com podcast i want to thank you for listening thank you brian purcell of rv with tito for cluing us into some of those upgrades and advice do me a favor, tell one friend about the RVTravel.com podcast. Yeah, just send them over to actually on most of the sites, it's go, just RV Travel Podcast. You can't miss it. Tell one friend, that's how we grow. Leave a review if you will, please. I'll leave you with this. Maybe you've seen it before. You're following one of those big semi trucks. And on the mud flap, on the very back of the trailer, There's one sign. And maybe more people ought to pay attention to this one. The sign reads, Blinky thing means turning. I'm Scott Linden, your host. Thanks for listening. I'll see you down the road.